Welcome back to another episode of All Things Red. On today's episode, I have someone that I've been wanting to get on here for a while. They're very busy doing big things in life. Uh, Colin Walsh, he's a filmmaker and cinematographer. Colin, my guy, how we doing? John, how are we? We're good. We're good. So um, what you up to these days? How where you, where are you living now, now that you're out of Buffalo? So I live in Brooklyn. I, and I, I've been living here now for four years. Yeah, how how do you uh, like it compared to Manhattan? Well, I've never lived in Manhattan. I've only worked in Manhattan. But living in Brooklyn is definitely, I think, easier and quieter than living mm-hmm. in, in inside Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You uh, so you you went to Buff State for college. Um, I did. I went to Buffalo what... State. Can I can I add some context real quick to this conversation? Absolutely. Um, so, because because we have never spoken ever, and never, and, never in our lives, and I, I actually don't, <clears throat> I don't really know anything about you, and, mm-hmm. and I recognize your face from, but I don't know. Okay, I, we never spoke, and I I think uh, I don't know how many years ahead of you I was, or uh, or, or 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 how many years ahead of you. Uh, or how many, like, what year did you graduate high school? 2012. I graduated in 2013. Okay, so, yeah, so I was a year above you. Um, I got put on to you from one of my buddy Brooks. He was basically talking about, um, and then obviously Vinny Argentieri as well. Um, yeah, and one of my buddy Brooks, he follows you and uh, loves your work and stuff like that. So he hit me up and was like, yo, like with this podcast you're starting and doing, he's just like, hit, he's like hit Colin up. He's like, I wonder if he would uh, come on and stuff like that, because I think he's dope. And then I was talking, Vinny Argentieri was actually the first guest I ever had when I started. Okay, I, I, I tuned in, or I checked that one out. Yeah, because I recognize Vinny's name, so that's and, cool. I asked Vinny, I said, Hey, I'm like, do you know anyone that's like really doing like some really cool shit in life that um, would be open or at least explore the idea of possibly doing this? Um, And you were one of the first people he mentioned. And he was just like, this is his Instagram. Um, He's like, hit him up. And then I was just like, when I was thinking about it, I was like, okay, well, let me get some episodes under my belt first. Just so, you know, I don't know. Obviously, you know, we've never had a conversation. It's kind of weird when uh, and I was even a little hesitant to reach out to you, even though I had other, you know, people being like, hey, hit him up and stuff. I was just like, yeah, well, I'm there. I don't really know him and he doesn't know me. So, like, it could be awkward <laughs> or weird or, you know what I mean? And yeah, uh, most people, most people are like, all right, well, I'm going to delete. I'm just going to delete this message and I don't really <laughs> know what's going on. And with a lot, like a lot of people, surprisingly, that I've had on have said like my buddy Frank he plays for the Buffalo Bandits and he was my roommate in college and he told we were grabbing beers a couple weeks ago and he was just like um he goes in like two or three weeks he's like let's uh record an episode I was like oh you want to come on now he goes dude honestly he goes no disrespect to you he goes since you're serious about this I'd absolutely love to he goes but you know a lot of people start shit and then they stop doing it so he Mm -hmm. goes I just wanted to make sure that you were like actually doing this before I hopped on. And I'm like, actually, I fuck with that. I don't actually take any disrespect or hate towards that. I'm like, I actually appreciate that you said that. Yeah. Um, that that's, so, no, that's really cool that that's how it kind of came about. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I know like I bombarded your DM because I was trying to explain what 
like the vision for this was and just kind of, you know, send you some episodes and stuff like that. Just so you didn't think that like, I was just hitting you up because, you know, you're doing cool shit and it's like trying to, to mooch off you or trying to use you to get somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, no, not, not at all. Not at all. I think it's important okay. to have conversations with, with mm-hmm. just people like the fact that I think we're from the, you know, we're from the same area that, and we have, you know, lived lives and, never even really never spoke to each other and now we're talking is like that's an incredible thing like an an opportunity to do that is just awesome absolutely and from what i know about you which um to give a little context um i would like okay with it you know just pretty much explaining like what you do how you got to brooklyn and whatnot i think that it's the reason I wanted to have you on here from what Vinny has told me and what Brooks has told me about you is that I think that what you're doing is one awesome. And two, um, I think a lot of people would love to be doing what you're doing and they may necessarily don't know where to start. And then on top of it, they may not necessarily have the confidence to pursue it like you are. So for anyone that is listening, maybe hears our episode and goes, Hey, you know, from listening to Colin, in listening to your conversation with him, I gained the confidence to go pursue something that I'm passionate or interested about. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so the like the whole way I got started in in making videos and and just interested in cameras, photography uh, was I think around like when I was in like sixth grade, seventh grade, I was just, I was obsessed with snowboarding and Mm -hmm. any chance I got to like go snowboarding was like awesome. And I wouldn't necessarily always go to like a resort. We would just go hiking and like find any uh, mountains and stuff with my brother and um, his friends. And we would, I, I just eventually started being like, I need to start like recording this stuff. And so I started filming it and shooting the videos. And then like, I think without any context, like uh, I, of like trying to pursue that as a job, I just would watch snowboarding movies all the time and be like, you know what? I'm probably never going to be good enough to be a pro snowboarder, but what if I filmed it? Like someone's someone's filming it. Someone's out there, and I remember watching that movie in my bedroom. And I, I remember the credits came on, and like there were the camera operators listed as cinematographers, and I googled every every single one's name. And the one name I googled, the guy was from Buffalo, New York, and I was like, oh my god! I was like, it's possible. Like somehow, like I, I, I didn't know much about the guy, but I was like, somehow that's possible. Somehow you, you can, you can make a snowboarding movie and like, you know, uh, sell it and like it will get dished out to however many people want to buy it. But it's possible, and I was like blown away by that. And then I was just like, okay, save up money and I, I'll get a better camera. And I got a, I got a like a Canon Power Shot camera that. 720p and I just started filming like doing stupid snowboard tricks and stuff and I was just like obsessed with it making edits 
you know, and then I uh, like begged my mom to like buy an iMac so that like I could edit on iMovie. Um, <laughs> and then like eventually just started editing ton, a ton more of those videos. And then um, th- that was like all throughout high school. And then I got the time like to like go to college or like not. And, but I was so obsessed with this. I was like, I'm doing something with cameras. I don't really know what, but like, I'm going to do something with a camera. It seems like it's possible to do um, as a career. And I was like an art student all through high school, kind of like a, a, a weird hybrid art student who played football. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um, and I shot a couple short films as English projects, like in my senior year. And I ended up deciding to go to Buff State and I was an art major at first for my first semester. And I, I, I kind of knew that, but I was like, let me like start and just take the like elective classes. And I then applied to the television and film arts program at Buffalo State which only accepted 15 kids per year. And I got in. So then the next three years of my college career was making the short films and making, uh, uh, I made a TV, I directed a TV pilot with like our senior class. And then like uh, that premiered with like, like at Buffalo State and like 250 people showed up. And it was like mind blowing that that happened. And it was awesome. But while I was going to college, the way I made my way to New York is I Googled a, like anyone who had anything to do with a camera, like that I could find that worked for a production company and like looked like they shot. Like, and I was like, because from where I was from, it seemed like as soon as like a camera started getting bigger, like no one knew anything about that. And that's still kind of like a thing. You find it now more on the internet, but it was like, as soon as like you found a movie camera, like it was really hard to find any information about who uses these things and um, like how to learn how to use one and how do you get your hands on one? Because they're like $60,000. So it just, it just didn't make any sense. So mm-hmm. I wrote uh, like, a hundred letters to random people, um, like a typed up email, but then I like left everything um, like blank for each person. So like I hand wrote like my signature and asked each envelope with the person's name and I sent them all out. And um, like let a week or two go by and I followed up with phone calls to all those offices and in that letter, it just said, hey, I'm going, like, uh, to sum it up, I was like, I'm going on to New York on my spring break. Like, is there a chance we can get an informational meeting? And I ended up landing, like, six meetings with people and that, who, who were just like, yeah, sure, you, we can do that. And scheduled out a block of time to do that. So then I was like, okay, I'm actually going to New York because I, I didn't actually have to go. Um, uh-huh. so then I, w- <laughs> I went there 
and I met up with these people. Uh, I even had like an interview for an internship for Al Roker Entertainment, which I did, ended up getting offered to take. And I turned it down because one of the people I met, I just had like a better vibe with that guy. And I, I clicked with him right away. Cause we were just like, like your intuition. Yeah. It, it, we just, we, we talked about music cause I've just always been super obsessed with music and mm-hmm. he directed uh, a, a, doc, a documentary on the, the artist future. And uh, right before that was in like 2015, he did that. And his name is Taylor uh, Mayer. Um, and so like, I clicked with him and he ended up taking me to his office. And when I like, he showed me his office and everything. And then I asked, I was like, do you guys have interns? And uh, I ended up getting an internship at that place um, for the summer of 2016. And it was an unpaid internship. And I saved up like a ton of money just to move to New York for a summer and just to try to like figure that out. Because because I had no clue like what to expect, absolutely no clue, um, mm-hmm. and so yeah, I did that. That was like the first thing that brought me to New York. I would like to hold you there for a second because yeah. there are a couple things I wanted to ask. I want to ask you about what you said. So going back to how you you know it sparked your interest, being like, okay, I'm not good enough to be a pro snowboarder. Um, being self-aware of your skills but you're like how cool would it be to direct and shoot and stuff like that did you just need to see that someone from where you're from did something cool to spark that inspiration in you or like what like what was it definitely helped i i I, for it had to have helped because i specifically were like being amazed that like someone from buffalo is doing that because also, even in Buffalo, there's just not that big a mountain. So, like, the snowboarding isn't that superb. No. So, no. just the fact that somebody went out. Because I'm watching the this movie and, like, they're snowboarding all over the world and Japan and everything. And that just seems mm-hmm. so far-fetched from where I was living. And it just didn't seem like anyone ever did something like that. Um, no. <laughs> like... Not, not at all. There is no chance. Um, so yeah, it definitely helped. And then I remember even call like just sending out messages to people. And like I remember th- this one guy who, who still I think directs like, and and like these like, uh, like sport documentaries. Um, was like nice enough when I was in high school to like give me a phone call and like just talk about what he does because I just out of me messaging him being like hey I'm really interested in this stuff and I don't really know where to start and mm-hmm. people were just nice enough to to like just talk to me about it <laughs> and that helped everything that that was everything and um no I completely agree because we have a very similar story but different paths and I have a funny story about future too I'll get to it in a second um is uh did you when you were just like okay like this is what i want to do did 
did you like immediately have a vision for it or did you kind of, cause obviously you knew that like it at the time you didn't necessarily know that social media was going to become what social media is now. And I don't even think like when we were in high school, it was really that big. I think like I got on the Facebook my senior year. And at the mm-hmm. prior to that, it was like maybe my space, like YouTube wasn't really what YouTube is now. Mm-hmm. Um, was this purely out of passion or, and you were just like wishful thinking that it would become your job one day or were you just like, look, I'm really not trying to be doing these corporate jobs. I'm not really trying to be doing these desk jobs like everyone does. And like our parents do, I want to, I want something more for myself and I don't know what that thing is. So I'm just gonna just keep shooting my shot and see what I stumble upon. Or like, what was kind of like your mindset and like the, I don't want to say vision, but like the belief you had that you were going to stumble across something. Yeah. It was kind of just like tunnel vision. Like I like, just like, I I need something to work. Everyone gets older and you have to work. And I, I, you know, I'm okay with the idea that like, if, if, if things don't work out, you, I have to go do a different job, but Mm -hmm. there was, at that time, just like absolute tunnel vision. Like if I don't try this, at least I have just given up on myself. Like if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. But I, I, I have to, I have to try because other people do it and it just it seems so like disappointing not to try. I completely agree with you. Um, and and, and, and I, I also felt like I had a talent for it too. Like I just had been doing it my whole life. Like it, it pretty much felt like. Did uh, did you come across anyone while you were creating your content that you showed stuff to and they were like negative in a way and you kind of were like, okay, that's cool. I appreciate it. But like, um, I, I still believe in myself. So I'm just going to keep going. Cause I feel as though a lot of people when they, have an idea they have because i i genuinely believe people don't want to work on normal traditional jobs anymore people want to be able to create something and have ownership in something or build something that they are passionate about like you were able to pull off and do um but they get discouraged or they hear from their inner circle or friends that like come on dude that's not realistic or you know you hear from parents like okay well that's not going to set you up for retirement or something like that Mm -hmm. so Um, people get a little bit discouraged or they don't want to be judged a certain way. Like, it seems to me like you were just like, look, I don't really like give a fuck because I know what makes me happy and like life's short. So I'm just going to pursue that or like kind of like, where do you get off? And like, what is your whole perspective on like all that? I don't think I had anyone really ever like look at my work or anything and like be like this discourage myself or discourage Mm -hmm. me. Um, but there, there's always been like definitely the the hurdle of like putting yourself out there and showing something you made and like someone giving up their own time to even acknowledge it or look at it or like actually try to appreciate it. Um, that's like a whole nother thing that is definitely difficult, um, and even like when I was in like high school and like you're, you're I was like drawing and making stuff and, and making snowboarding videos. Like no one saw that stuff. Um, no, like I, I didn't show it to anyone. It was just like, this is stuff that I, I play back in my house and like, I still have all of it. Um, but like 
it just yeah i, I you don't show it to people because of whatever reason but the the cool thing is when i was in high school and i like did make some short films i put those up on facebook and like people loved them so that was cool <laughs> which which was like the first time i ever made something that wasn't about snowboarding mm-hmm. did when you say that you reached out to people you wrote hamlet and letters i did yeah. the same thing with yeah. what i want to do so um i forget who it was but I want to say it will, I forget the teacher exactly, but I remember it was in Mr. Athemus's classroom, but it wasn't Mr. Athemus who was the teacher. Um, but we had study hall and I was just like, all right, I don't have anything to do. I'm just going to sit here. And it's not like I could have played on my phone. Cause you know how it was when in, with phones and when we were in mm-hmm. high school, it's like, you even looked at it, you're going to detention. Um, so, and I had a teacher that was like, you had to, you have to, pull something out like you can't just sit here and I remember coming home and my mom being like yeah that's the real that's how the real world works is like because I was naive and I thought as soon as you get out of school like you could do whatever the hell you wanted to do and she was just like yeah no that's not the case like unless you're a boss like you have like you're you're at the mercy of someone else you just hope that you have a nice boss that's not a dickhead or something like that so I was just like okay well how do you beat that how do you beat that system and the only thing I kept coming back to was obviously money and the freedom that money is able to do. So I started um, reading as many financial books as I could about how to become a millionaire, how to become self-sufficient and independent, kind of like a lot of the stuff the rapper Russ preaches and talks about. Um, and what I came across was I started doing real estate and started working as a realtor. And then obviously I came across um, a couple of people that are selling like mega mansions, like 40, $50 million. And I did the same thing you did. I started hitting them up on social, writing them letters. A lot of people didn't respond to me, but I didn't really care because I was just like, I want to figure out how you were able to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's cool. I, I think it's really cool to hear that that's what you did. Um, but no one taught me that I would just, I just took the initiative upon myself. And even though I told a couple of friends I was doing that and they were laughing at me for it, I was never discouraged from it. So where did you get that? Um, I don't want to say, well, I'll say, yeah. Where did you get that initiative to just take it upon yourself and, you know, be so engulfed in it that you're just like, I want to make this happen for myself. So like, how did you do it without being discouraged that you may not get a response? Yeah, I remember being like, all right, to send out these hundred letters, I have to pay $50 in stamps because a stamp is 50 cents a a stamp. (laughs) And I remember being like, do I really want to spend $50 on something that like might not do anything? And I remember being like, I just got to try. I just have to try. Um, And then what was the second half of the question? uh where did you get that uh, initiative to just keep going um when the possibility of someone not responding was out there because i dm people all the time about this podcast and trying to get them on there but when i say to friends like hey i'm gonna try to get so-and-so on the podcast they're like dude they're not gonna respond to you and mm-hmm. it's just like well how one how do you know and two it always comes across to me as like uh their own insecurity if that makes sense for sure yeah uh that and then also the I I got the idea to send the letters from a professor who also is the same person who gave me the idea to move to New York or to like, I the first time I ever even thought about moving ever was 
uh, my professor being like, well, if you want to work in television or film, you pretty much have to live in LA or New York. And I was mm-hmm. like, it was the first time I ever even thought about it. Um, I, I don't know. I remember like just being like, I, re- I took a picture of all the letters too, like just laid out on my bed. And I remember being like, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but this is it. And it, it's, it's gotta work. It's gotta work on some level. And then I remember like landing the meetings and then even showing up to one of the meet the, like the meeting where I got the internship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I showed up and that guy, uh, he 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 like wasn't there and he was he t- i texted him I'm like are you showing up and he was like oh man i'm like stuck somewhere right now can can we do it tomorrow and i and i was like okay yeah we can do it tomorrow um so i don't know it it just was like why not try every time it was just like why not try this instead of and do instead of doing something else um and like I, I really always just wanted to like kind of be around snowboarding when I was younger. Yeah. And then like when I got interested introduced into New York, I was like, okay, wait, there's like people here just like making a living off of being good with cameras. And I was it just piqued my interest in a different way. And when you were in New York, because obviously New York's a fucking shark tank in any industry that you're in, um did be did being around because like I know me personally like when I started to get around people that I aspired to be mm-hmm. I was never discouraged with it it made me want to go harder but it was more so of like that balance of like okay let's not be delusional let's be very self-aware of like what my skill set is and how do we bridge that gap to where I am to where I want to be but I was never discouraged by it and I feel like a lot of people get discouraged because maybe it's social media or it's just like how quick and instant everything is nowadays that people look at finished products. Like they don't see that you put into something. They didn't see, Mm -hmm. like, I feel like a lot of people that may know you and, and know some of the bigger uh, artists or people that you've worked with, they're just like, damn man, dude, I'll never be the Colin Walsh's status. But it's like, at the same time, it's like, they didn't see, you know, what is it? 21 and 2013. So they didn't see the eight years of you writing letters, showing up, um, you know, reaching out, networking, all those things. And all those little things do add up. Um, yeah. So like, where do you think that, um, or how, not where do you think, but why do you think uh, people don't pursue things more often? Cause like, obviously LeBron James didn't become LeBron James overnight. But most people are like, I'll never be as good as LeBron. I mean, which that's a one in a million shot because you got to be built like him too. Which, but you get what I'm saying though. Of like, you don't yeah. just like land there. You got to like consistently, consistently do it. And I don't know if it's uh, because we live in a day and age where everything's so instant. People want instant gratification, or people just want that like cool little like uh, that pick for their IG or something like that. And not to get long winded here to give you know the floor back to you, but. I was watching ESPN the one day and he was talking, there was a uh, team USA basketball recruit talking about how a lot of kids that get invited to team USA invitationals for like U18 and like kids that are like projected to be five-star recruits. A lot of them are more interested in just getting that little like clip that they could post on their IG to make it look like they're doing something. And then their Mm -hmm. friends will share it and be like, so-and-so was in their bag today. 
uh, five-star recruit. And then like the guy that was on ESPN was like, dude, I literally watched you. You had two points the entire game. Like <laughs> you, you're not good. Like, yeah. so like, where, like, where do you think there's that disconnect of people, you know, just being like, this is what I want. Hell or high water. I'm figuring it the fuck out. Um, or like, what is your take on all that? I think a big part of it is like, kind of, there, there's going to be some sort of influence that isn't actually involved in your actual life. Like having someone to look up to that has either said something or like, uh, you just you were consistently or consistently listening to um, and being inspired by to just like pursue it like pursue whatever you're interested in like you've heard that a thousand times but mm. there's something about someone saying that wh- where you've either known them your whole life or you can kind of just like look right at it and be like well no like or you know like I don't want to be like you uh, you know uh, I want to be more like this or I want to be uh, I, I want to at least be a part of something more like this and like showcase that and there's a visual rep- representation of what that is um, mm-hmm. and like a big thing for me was just like being obsessed with a music and like music is constantly like the rhythm of music is like the driving force for like the world like mm-hmm. realistically if, if there like isn't music then like people with like everyday jobs like they don't have anything to do on the weekends you know they don't mm-hmm. have if without entertainment you know there's nothing to do after you get home from work you, you can't sit there and watch you know or at least that's what a lot of people do. And I, I was never that person. I, I never was obsessed with, uh, like, sitting down and watching TV and movies. Um, I was always kind of like, well, let me actually, like, go outside and do something. Like, constantly. I love being outside. Um, and, like, one of the driving is for, like, my, my push was uh, Tyler, the Creator. As, as crazy as uh-huh. that sounds, when when I was in high school, like, he was breaking all the rules that, like, everyone told you to live by. And I was, remember just being, like, you know, he's saying all this stuff that's, like, super outlandish. But, like, if you actually, like, really, like, under, try to listen to what he's doing and, like, why he's doing it, you know, there's a – he's making a narrative out of something. And he's, he, like – you got to see it for what it really is. Like his albums are narrative to uh, a story, not necessarily a, a, like a call on action to like what he was doing on a daily basis or something, you know, cause it was very like vulgar stuff. So like people were um, in the media in 2000. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, that dude is so fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. And I never really even cared too much about his comedy, but like, he, uh, I just really appreciated like the artistic side of that whole thing, just being like, I'm gonna do something and I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there, and I just like connected with it on whatever. And him and Donald Glover, like, yes, just was just obsessed. I don't know. Um, what about? Um, he's extremely polarizing, 
and he says a lot of outlandish shit, but I'm talking strictly from the creative process and how much he believes in himself and how much he believes in putting something out there and making it blossom. Kanye West. Uh, I'm a, I'm a Kanye fan. Um, you know, I think, you know, television and media, uh, it's, people don't want to put like on, on these big network scales, everyone's very, tries to be very responsible and no one wants to like really speak the truth on the, on that level. Mm -hmm. And, um, he'll say some stuff that whether or not it like, it makes sense to everyone, it might connect with you on your own personal level because he said it, you know, he did, Mm -hmm. he put it out there and he said it. Um, there's a, there's an interview he did with Ellen, like in like 2013, that's like not even on the internet anymore that, uh, I know exactly which one you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? And it's the most real you could ever, it's like, he was just speaking the truth about, you know, look at what we're, you're, you're doing with this television show. You know, the, the audience is just all, you know, uh, white, like mothers or like, uh, like middle-aged women. And like, you're all just acting like there's no problems with the world. And, um, I don't know. Yeah. So Kanye in, is, is definitely someone who is just like, he's entertaining I, for sure. No, hundred percent. I actually, um, to, to, we'll get back to Tyler Creator in a second, but I um, one of the videos that I saw with Kanye West that which I'll put it out. I've never really mentioned this to any of my friends or said it, but like what you said, you pretty much hit it spot on when you said that like you see something or you hear something that comes from someone and it like resonates with you in a way. So like once I started to really dive deep into you know how do I become you know billionaire status? How do I get and it's not about to be driving the Lambos, to have the Ferraris, the Gucci. That's not me. Like, uh, that that's literally not me. Like, I'll be buying Target my entire life because I genuinely like that shit. I'm not no designer kid. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we, we came from blue collar Buffalo, New York. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But the thing that really, like, I heard Kanye say this. It was the interview, I believe. It was when he was in the studio um, and he had, like, the green camo jacket on and he had the bottom grill in and the big chain. And he was talking about, uh, you're probably laughing because you know exactly what I'm talking about. He I goes, actually, wait, with, with who? Do you know who's uh, I want to say, I want to say it was, uh, I want to say it was, was the dude that does, yeah, Zane. I think it was Zane okay. Lowe, I think. Um, the dude had a buzz cut. And he goes, Lady Gaga is the creative director for Polaroid. And yeah. he was like, what the fuck does Lady Gaga know about cameras? Yeah. And I was like, yo, wait a second, wait a second. I get what he's saying. And then I started listening to a lot of shit he was saying. And that, do you know, the? I think it was Jimmy Kimmel. Right. He's in the baby blue. Uh-huh. Um, where he's talking about. He yeah, goes, I, I know he, the interview you're talking about. Yep. And he goes, people are spoofed in a way of trying, you know, they don't want to put something out there because they're spoofed or they don't believe in themselves. And then he went full Kanye West mode. And uh-huh. he's like, my mother, my mother told me to believe in me. He goes, I used to have drug dealers come up to me and being like, I'm going to kill you. And he's like, uh-uh, you ain't taking none. I'm Kanye motherfucking West. And I think yeah. that um, 
and again, I had, I was with Brooks and we were at our buddies and the Joe Rogan episode with Kanye West dropped. And I literally made him and the kids I was with were like, yo, I'm, we're watching this. Like we're not, it was right after the Khabib, uh, Justin Gaethje fight. And I was like, dude, we're watching this. And ha- halfway through, like all the kid, like a couple of the kids were just like, dude, this man's crazy. I'm like, no, 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 no. I said, look, just for me, I said, try to understand what he's saying though. And some, and you know, my buddy Brooks, uh, the one that he basically came out of there being like, dude, that guy is just on a completely different, like hemisphere of thinking. He, I don't think he knows how to articulate it properly without it coming across as like sounding crazy or word vomit, but I get what he's saying. And it's kind of like how Tyler creator says, and like going back to him, I saw an interview with him where he said, you know, I just put shit out there. Like, what if this fucking fails? He goes, it could fail, but I don't think that way. I think like, I want to do this. I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to see where it goes. And there's always going to be someone that supports it. And from that, where can we go from here? Yeah. And, Um, and real quickly tying it to how I was talking about the billionaire thing was I like, I said this as a joke to one of my buddies the other day, I was just like, yo, I'm like, I would love to have my own strand of weed. And he started laughing. He goes, no one, he's like, no one's smoking your shit, bro. And I said, yeah, but I said, you think about it. I said, why? I said, what is the difference between Calvin Johnson, Snoop Dogg, Wiz Khalifa starting their own thing versus me? Like they have money, they have fame. If they didn't have money and fame, they probably wouldn't have done it. But they've gotten to a point where they can invest those finances and invest those resources to do something that they're passionate about now me i'm not super passionate about like smoking weed i just like to do it here and there but like i think it would be cool to maybe one day have my own uh line of weed just like how the nelk boys now have their own line of alcohol and like i'll give it back to you but you know what i'm saying when i say all that yeah i mean anyone can can like can do anything it takes a lot of work and when it comes to like the stuff that Kanye West says, and it's all very motivating, especially when you're you're young, um, mm-hmm. and you're you're still kind of figuring out like, you know, uh, that things in the world can actually come back to bite you in the ass. Like you can try really hard in something and like get really good or whatever, and it doesn't necessarily come back with money because it takes so much teamwork. Like everything, um, like the, the list of people you, you just mentioned, it took such a teamwork effort behind all of that. And those people are just the names and the branding that, that you see, but it took so much to get to that point to just have you see it. And I, I, I can kind of speak from that from like, being someone who uh, always been behind the scenes of stuff. I've never, I've, I'm, you know, I know I don't put my face out there that much and I've always been the, the person who's pushing for like something to, to, to be made. And then when it's released, you know, people are going to be talking about who's on camera or, you know, um, you, you know, I've, I've, when I was in college, I, I got a scholarship. I got two scholarships from a guy, uh, executive producer for the show, Mr. Robot. Um, and his name's Kyle Bradstreet. And no one knows who Kyle Bradstreet is. 
but he was the driving force be- be- uh, behind four seasons a TV show on USA Network. And he doesn't, he wouldn't, you know, put out all that, or all of that unarticulated um, dialect out onto the internet, you know, because things aren't just as simple as like, just be really motivated and it's going to work out. It's just, it's not always like that, but like, it helps so much when you hear about people like, or, or just when you hear those words come out of people's mouth and it resonates with you, within you, because you never really know what someone is communicating when you watch an interview or something or like what they're, what, what they're going through. Cause you can hear about stories and be like, well, Kanye was going through this at that time, mm-hmm. but like, that's what's resonated through the media. You know, yes. no one really knows what he was doing on a daily basis, you know. <laughs> some, no, some people it, do, but, like, you know, the, the mass public does not. A hundred percent. And I that's actually something I was going to get to with you, and I'll bring it up now, is how much of I, – I, I like, it really bothers me when, like, people, like, friends of mine or, you know, just other people I hear, like, oh, I want to do this, but I'll never be that person. It's like, okay, again, you're looking at the finished product of it. You don't know how much work it actually takes. So it's like, I tell, I tell my friends all the time, like, I don't, I don't like motivation. I think motivation is fucking bullshit because again, like going back to what you were saying about the media and stuff is that it's like, if you were being interviewed, say by MTV or complex news or something like that, you have an agenda in your head of what you hope someone that's watching or listening takes away from what you're saying. So you're going to say it in a certain way, maybe with a certain tone and stuff like that. And it's much different than you and I just having a casual conversation like we are now. Um, So like back to your point though, like a couple of my buddies that I know that play, you know, pro lacrosse, like pro lacrosse is not as big as the NFL or football, but being, you know, good friends with them and seeing how they work, like they deserve to be at that level because of how much they work. It's not just, Oh, I'm motivated today. I'm going to have a good practice. It's like, no practice ended. I had a great practice. Well, I'm not leaving the field until I have 300 top left corner made shots, not just shots in general, but hitting the corner top left. So you're shooting over 300 times. Like that's just an example I'm using to your Mm -hmm. point. Um, But I was listening to, uh, Ryan Serhant, he's, uh, he's, I would say the number one real estate broker in New York and probably the number one broker in Brooklyn. And he had the fat Jewish on his podcast. And the fat Jewish was basically saying that he gets hit up all the time from kids our age and stuff with all these business ideas and stuff like that. And they think it's, he thinks they're great, but then he's like, okay, well now what? And then people don't know, like they don't know what that next step is. Or he said, a lot of people just don't want to work these days and he wasn't saying it in a negative way to your point about like to make something happen on a grand scale like that or to be able to be in those rooms you really have to be obsessed with it because it's constant refinement constant learning um and he was saying that a lot of people nowadays don't know how to build stuff um and they don't know the actual work it takes and then they get discouraged by the work because they're so like well i just want to make it pop and i just want i just want to make the quick money so it looks like it's cool whereas you know, you see, you, you see, you're starting to see more behind the scene things 
of people and like going back to your point about music i saw an interview with uh, quavo from migos and he was saying they make like seven eight songs a day that's mm-hmm. how locked in they are and then he mm-hmm. said they sometimes they'll make a whole album's worth of music and then they'll scratch it because they're just like no nah, we don't like it and they'll redo it the next day where and a lot of people when they find that out they're just like yeah no nah, this ain't for me because i ain't trying to work like that mm-hmm yeah um and that's that's like the lucky side of things too like those people got lucky that people that what they put out there you know resonated with them or resonated with like a mass public and they enjoy it It, it's a weird like from my standpoint because i've worked within entertainment industry people Uh uh-huh um it's a weird dynamic that like you can literally be in a room with some with like a small group of people and you make something that like millions of people see or millions mm-hmm. of people laugh at or whatever it's like really strange <laughs> it's like it's just it's a strange thing that that actually happens like just being a kid you just didn't think one side of the world and like something actually comes out the other like a hundred percent you i did not know that was actually possible until like i i probably like turned 24 or something like i did not think that was possible where do you get actually no i'll ask you that in a second um so how do you where where's that fine line for you at least or from what you've seen or what you know if it doesn't apply personally where it's just hard work obsession consistency and you're eventually going to get there or you're just being completely delusional like where is that fine line it's a very blurry line man very very Mm. blurry line Um, Uh uh-huh (laughs) you don't you you don't know until like until it really comes together uh i think like you know i'm I'm working on something right now that i I, i'm not gonna specify like what exactly it is but um yeah it's a (laughs) it's a a blurry line of like you don't know whether or not it's gonna work Mm. like every every there's moments where you're like, yes, this will work. Like, you know, there's, there's a consistency here. We just got to keep putting in the hours. Um, but you, yeah, it's a very blurry line. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I only ask that and I'm, I'm fascinated by that because two things, one, when Drake won decade of the or artist of the decade in his speech, I don't know if you saw it, he said the thing that keeps him going is that he really doesn't um, celebrate, he doesn't really celebrate that much, and that Mm. he, to a certain extent, is insecure about his music, and he, after he puts something out, he's always, like, wondering, like, damn, I could have, after he hears it, he could always been like, I could have done this better, or I could have done that hook differently, or this verse, or maybe that beat, and that constant refinement is what keeps him going but like to someone like me who knows nothing about music and obviously you know he's my favorite i hear his music and i'm like how do you listen to that and think that this might not be good enough but then on the flip side there's people that will create something which i'm sure it's happened with you know whether it's you people you know or something else where you're just like yo this is it like this is that 
this is the one like this is fire and then it gets put out to the world and the world's straight up like nah man this is trash this <laughs> this is not it and then on yeah. the flip side of it again it's you're just like dude this sucks and i'm just gonna put it out fuck it i don't care and then people freak out about it because I know, um, again, I, I listen to a lot of interviews and podcasts. Uh, I'm just fascinated with learning. And I saw that Post Malone thought that White Iverson was garbage and his buddy convinced him to put it out. Then the next day he had tweets from like Wiz Khalifa, Mac Miller, like all these people being like, who is this kid? And it just mm. changed it. Like, obviously, you know how big that song was. So from like your experience, what, like, how, what's that like for you? Um, wait, what's the question? <laughs> it was pretty, it, it was more so of like, how, like, how do you, how do you know? Like, I know I already asked it in a way, but like, how do you know when something's good when you think it's trash and when, and like, what is your reaction when you think something's good and then it comes back that it's actually trash? Um, does it become wishful thinking or like, what, where, where you are you just able kinda... to learn? you just kind of hope that it works. And like, if it doesn't work, it's on to the next thing. Um, mm-hmm. But there's also the moments too, where, where uh, you have something and you're like, this is gold. This is the coolest thing to me. Like, mm-hmm. and because of uh, the team or whatever, it doesn't get pushed. Like no one ever sees it. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, we worked so hard on this. And like, they're like you within the people i know like uh within like pushing out music videos like here's a song we need a music video for it can you make a a a treatment for it and then Mm -hmm. you know a bunch of treatments get made and none of them are picked like all that work that like no like this idea with that song and the and the crew and all the execution and everything that we know we can put behind, it's gonna be awesome. Like you, I'm really excited to to execute it, and it doesn't just either doesn't happen or it gets made and then it gets scratched. Like we're just not gonna release it, <laughs> which is it's, <laughs> it's crazy, but it's just it happens. Of course. And how, how do you like, like for you, like what are the, some of the unknown struggles of betting on yourself and just taking a chance and being like, you know what, I'm going to go kind of like how Tyler creator has done it. And people like Kanye and and others of just like, yo, I know what I want to do. I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I'm going to get there and I'm going to take that chance on myself. What are some of the unknown struggles that like you faced with that? Uh, well, I mean, like when I was, when I was really like naive about, uh, just like her, I don't know, just about what coming to New York kind of meant. Um, Mm -hmm. and I was interning, like I, I, I was staying in apartments with 12 other people sleeping bed and sharing a room with three other, three other dudes. And I did that twice. I did that twice. I did that the summer of 2016 and I did that the spring of 2017. Um, And I just, it was just like, I I think this is, this is the best option. Like I try to figure it out because like I knew I was going to be going back to Buffalo. I wasn't going to furnish an apartment or something. Uh Um, And like, that was the situation where you can kind of go into a place where they already had everything and like leave and not have to worry about it. Um, That was a struggle. 
Um, and just honestly, like taking care of yourself is like not as simple as it, you know, you might think when you're young, when, um, you know, you have parents or you have friends that like, you know, if something goes wrong, you know, to help you out or like your car breaks down or uh, like realistically, if you didn't have money to pay for food, like you could probably get food, but you know, they're like, when you really start to push yourself out there, you start to realize like there is no guarantee. I moved to New York, not knowing one person, not mm-hmm. in like, you know, that's in my mind. It was always, well, it's not that far. It's New York state. Like take a shit. Exactly. Like, yeah. It's not that big. You know, as we get older too, you realize like, you know, the, you know, people that you're close with, do their own thing too so there's there's a separation factor that you have to be realistic about that you're gonna kind of disconnect from these people on even though like there's love and you're close with them like it's just the like unfortunate reality if you're gonna really try to do something outside of your comfort zone so like where for you like where do you get the courage to go outside of your comfort zone I think it's a, it's, it's like a combination of what gets put out there from the rest of the world with, with music, like, and your friends and family and your, like, your closest loved ones, Um, you know, like, you see it specifically in a place like New York, where, everyone actually is like thriving off each other constantly um Mm -hmm. if you go like upstate new york and stuff and you you know go into uh neighborhoods and stuff where you know everyone's lights are off at 11 um and everyone's in bed like it seems like there's only one answer or there's only one way of doing things. And when you come to New York and you see like the vibrations of New York is what gives you the energy to go out and try something and gives mm-hmm. you the, 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 the motivation to be like, I'm, I'm not going to just make, make something simple. I'm not going to just have a simple day. I'm going to, I'm going to work as hard as I can possibly work. Like my, my idea of a work day is 12 hours period. Like if it's not 12 hours, I I don't mean to cut you off. Can you say that again? So I heard what you said, but I want you to say it exactly again. The, your work day is what? So my work day or I see a work day as 12 hours, like period the end. I, I, if, if a work day is eight hours, that's like you didn't work hard enough or you didn't do enough in one day. I've, when I, when I moved to New York, I just got acclimated to the idea is you work 12 hours in a day or else you didn't work hard enough. I don't know. No, I, no, I, I agree with you. That's why I wanted you to like say it again. 
um, because <laughs> yeah. and like it, it sounds like and I say this like anyone that's like listening that's like super close to me they'll probably like dude shut the fuck up you don't work no 12 hours a day but like um I don't consider work and I'd love to hear what you have to say about this um is necessarily something that you're getting paid for on the clock because to me, like, I think that what your workday includes the extra things you're doing. So like, for me, like, I read a lot of books, I listen to a lot of podcasts, but I do it in a way to like, educate myself when I can simply be um, going out or doing something like prime example, like uh, my buddy Dom. Segliani. Um, he was in my grade. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. It's- so he wanted me, he was DJing, he was DJing at a bar last weekend and he wanted okay. me to come through. And I was like, Dom, I can't like, I I'm, I'm grabbing dinner downtown and then I'm go- going back home. I got shit to do. He's like, bro, come on, like live it up while you're young. You know, just like typically everyone does. And, um, and, and if, if this comes across as like, uh, like an arrogant, I, and that's not my intention. Um, but I was like, Dom, I can't, like, I can't just hang out to hang out. Like I got, like, I got shit to do because I want to build something. And obviously I'm not, I'm not going to go into the specifics of what we actually talked about. Cause he knows what I'm talking about. But like, to your point about like the 12 hours a day, I was like, bro, I can't just chill to chill. Like, I know it's the weekend, but like, I, I like, I got to do this thing. And it's not that anyone's forcing me to do it, but it's like, I believe what I'm trying to do so much that I, I want to work to make it happen. And it's like, yeah, to your point, I can go out, grab a drink. Yeah, that's awesome. But like, at the same time, it's like, I, I only have so much time. You know what I mean? And yeah. I feel like from friends that I have that live in New York um, and in other real estate people that I've spoken with that are in New York, they said that that is what they said, the city, they say the same thing. They're just like, the city gives me energy. Like it's say one in the morning, I'm tired of shit and I'm about to go to bed. He's like, you would think that it's seven o'clock at night because the city's buzzing. And it's just like, fuck, like, let's get it. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's part of New York for sure. And it's, it's almost unfortunate. Like I wish, uh, like things could be a little simpler. I wish you could kind of take eight hours, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and just make it like, you know, Hey, after eight hours, you know, you're done and that's it. But a lot of things are, point of view is if you don't do a good enough job if you don't put in the hours like someone else is going to do a better job and that's that's the reality it's just exactly you're gonna you're gonna get replaced if you don't put in extra time uh without a doubt and um kind of like what you were saying do you think that um and this is and i i can cut this out if you want me to cut it out (laughs) but do you think that um because of where we grew up Lancaster and like you said 11 o'clock at night it's silence it's pitch black out you know what I mean versus a city like New York where it's the city that never sleeps do you think that that environment of our hometown and where we grew up causes people to think that 40 hours is enough and hey once I'm done with work it's time to chill or no well and I don't mean that in disrespect. Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean the the environment you're you're in is everything. It's absolutely mm-hmm. everything. Um, if you're working forty hours a week and that's like enough, that's great. Like I think 
you need some sort of consistency. I want a more consistent lifestyle. That's mm-hmm. I, I want to be able to clock in and clock out um, of, of my mind of what I'm trying to make or something at some point. And, you know, if that, if that has to happen at the expense of something eventually, then that's just, that is what it is. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, There, I think when you're young, everyone wants to go a thousand miles an hour. And if Mm -hmm. if it takes working on the weekends and everyone's doing it for their own reasons, if it's to build up just enough cash to get the car on whatever, um, then then that's fine uh you know people do them no a hundred percent i just i i was mainly asking that just for you know friends that i know are going to listen to this episode that like want to do something more but Mm -hmm. they're just like they're in that like limbo where it's just like oh man dude i don't want to be really working like that but i have this idea i have this vision but it's like there's also so Nick Saban, Alabama's football coach, obviously they have built a dynasty there, but um, he says, I, like, I, like I said, I, lo- I watch a lot of behind the scenes stuff. I watch a lot of interviews. I'll watch a lot of, uh, po- listen to a lot of podcasts just from like the mental aspect of things to try to get my mindset um, on par for what I want to accomplish in life. And one of the things he preaches to his players is that there is an illusion of choice that if you want to be elite, and be the best that you can be for yourself. Um, Cause obviously skill and talent and all that stuff play a role into it. But he basically was saying that to be the best that you can be and to be elite at something, it takes what it takes. And the illusion is a choice. So it's like, Oh man, like we don't have practice today. Cool. I get the choice to chill. It's like, okay. Yeah. But the people that are elite at what they do, they don't chill. They go and get that extra work in. So whether you like it or not, the illusion of, what you're trying to do is, is uh, there's an illusion of choice there. And it, it basically is what I'm trying to get to. Yeah. If, if <laughs> I guess I don't know what to, how to branch off of that uh, response. Uh, oh, there, I'll say this. I, yeah. Yeah. I'll say this. Um, like you were saying to you, like if you're not working 12 hours a day, you didn't work hard enough, period. In you said period, meaning like, it's not up for debate. That's just how it is. Whereas someone else will look at you and be like, yeah, but Colin, bro, you've moved to New York city. You've did what you did. You, it's funny. I can hear the alarms in the background. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. You did what you did. You've worked with some crazy artists. Don't you ever want to chill? But to you that that's like, well, what do you mean? Like, no, I have bigger things I want to get to. Yeah. But that's not always true. Like, okay. The, when when I say like uh, work twelve hours a day, period, like mm-hmm. I mean like literally you don't have a choice sometimes. Like yes, you have a deadline, you have a, a project, you you know that there are certain things you need to accomplish, and it for your own well being, it has to reach a certain standard, mm-hmm. and. If it falls short of that, you're going to be disappointed in yourself. And that's just like the worst feeling. Damn, that alarm is pretty loud. Yeah, that's just how it is. I love it because 
Um, <laughs> people will really know you're in New York City. But no, to your exactly, that's a kind of exactly what I was getting at was that, and that was the other thing Nick Saban I heard him say to his players is that you either have the pain of discipline or you have the pain of regret, like kind of what you're saying that it's just like, yeah, sometimes you would love a more consistent, like laid back, not working 12 hours a day. But like, if that's what you have to do to get shit done, that's what you have to get done. Um, and was that something that you cultivated yourself or you kind of had someone like put, you know, teach you that? I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure someone uh, somewhere along the lines of uh, growing up, like, playing football or something like that was kind of worked into me but also I just kind of always felt like and I always kind of knew like if this doesn't work out like I'm kind of fucked on some level it's just that was just kind of the reality like or or at least it's set it's gonna set me back and that's gonna be a tough pill to swallow so like I have to have tunnel vision on this I I appreciate that you said that because that's how because I really took I like obviously I graduated from college I have a bachelor's in political science but like I knew the entire time I was in college I wasn't going to do shit with it I just liked it so I continued to study it um, because I got school paid for um, through scholarships and stuff but like I'm not going to just really put it out there and discuss what like I want to accomplish but that's Mm -hmm. how I feel about what I'm doing that I'm just like okay I'm taking a risk and I have to do what I have to do because if I don't, to your point, it's going to set me so far back and then I'm really going to be like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, unfortunate that that's how it, it like is sometimes because when we were, when we were young, like, you know, you, you kind of get told these things, but like you never, it can be really hard to understand the struggles some people go through, uh, and like, you can look at people and judge them when you're young, and look at older people and be like, "That guy doesn't have his stuff together," you know? Mm-hmm. Or yeah, I don't want to be like that person, so I'm gonna go this direction. Um, but like, the reality is, like, maybe that person like gave everything they had to to uh an idea or whatever uh, a career path of that and or a job that folded on them and like mm-hmm. they were getting this guarantee that fell out from underneath them and that's that's unfortunate that's just like the realities of life and it's it sucks sometimes but like the the one thing that like really just helps push the evolution of people forward, I think is, is art and entertainment. A hundred percent. You know, if, you know, if 5 million people are on a wave of negativity or a wave of disappointment and something is released where they that can make them all happy everyone has seen a tv show or seen an event held that just brings them joy it's as simple as that gets broadcasted through your tv or something but Mm -hmm. in order to for that to happen there was a um like there was a 
a force, you know, whatever, um, for the Super Bowl to happen, for example, how many people work to make thing happen and make that even possible? And mm-hmm. like, like you, you, that's all the stuff you don't see too. But to everyone else, it's just that's part of the calendar year. You know, when when early February comes around, we're watching the Super Bowl. But no one really sees all the manpower that has to go into that. And those mm-hmm. pe- and everyone who was, you know, in charge of that when we were younger is eventually going to die out. So that, like, it's about, as we get older, that millennials are taking over and are taking over the, these responsibilities um, that were left behind. And someone else has to be in charge of this stuff one day. And it isn't necessarily all automated, like, you know, like we all think it is. It's it's really just someone going in, like, it's basement level stuff, like hard work, like everything you don't see underground that really makes all that stuff possible. I mean, that's like, that's some crazy stuff to think about, but it's the reality. No, it, it does. It, to a certain extent, when I think about it, sometimes it kind of scares me. I don't yeah. know why. Does it scare you? <laughs> like I, when I say scare, I mean oh, like it, literally scare the fuck out of me. Oh yeah, it, it, I think it, it it should on some level. Like, not you know, I don't want anyone to be to be worried all the time. But you know, no, of course not. <laughs> that, that's because you gotta you gotta face that at some point as a person. You know, and like continue to look out for the next generation of people. Like there are children that are coming up and you have to look down at on these kids and be able to say like, don't worry, like everything's going to be okay. You mm-hmm. have to be able to say that on some level, I think. Or at least, you know, if it's not your, you know, if it's not your child or something, you got to be able to represent that, that. There are other people out there that are good people in the world that are doing things that are are good for the human race. Mm-hmm. Does where do you? I haven't asked you yet. Where do you get um, your inspiration from? The internet. <laughs> what? Uh, what? Do you, where? Where specifically? Do you just find like how you what you were saying about like Tyler the Creator and shit? Like you 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 hear stuff or you see stuff that just like speaks to you or like Yeah, you just find it all over. I don't know. You you can like I don't know, you find little things. My favorite things are the people no one knows about. <laughs> and I keep it to myself. And uh, like you, you find those things and you just like this is what I I enjoy. I also like as a photographer and cinematographer, I have so many photos and videos that I've taken that inspire me and are my favorite things. And I've never shared them with anyone. And that stuff constantly inspires me because at least it makes me feel like I'm evolving on some level. I'm no, getting better absolutely. at something and I'm, I'm evolving and whether or not I'm putting it out there to the world, I'm, I'm getting better at something or I'm, I'm developing something on some level Mm -hmm. and when 
when if you have had it yet um when was the first time where you either worked with someone you collabed with someone or something took off or anything where you were really just like oh shit this is working like what you're what you're up to and the vision you have for your work um so i think probably somewhere along the lines of like in 2019 i think it was the first time I worked on a television show consistently for a whole season and that season aired eight episodes and that that was just there in the world and you know uh, broadcasted I think on some level that was like a point where you know the hard work I put in actually was like a product that just got distinguished through the world you know through our culture and just consumed and and what's crazy about that is because it was a show for comedy central um, what was the show it's called this week at the comedy cellar and okay. it wasn't like super popular they they promoted it a lot on social media but and they still use those clips to promote careers for comedians that are doing much better now than they were before the show and that's something to be proud of uh there's comedians out there like mark norman and there's comedians out there like andrew schultz who are really like becoming top of their game in my opinion um, on a comedic level um and but, you know, who, who's to say that without the show that I was a part of, that doesn't happen? You know, I'm not sure. I, I, they're, they're definitely on some path, different path than they are now. Uh-huh. I, and that's, like, kind of what I was talking about earlier when I said, like, I, that's when I kind of realized you push a button and, like, something comes to the other end and, like, on a mass scale no matter, you know, how big or small the thing is, like, you talk to someone, it can change the world, like, and it's kind of wild, but that's probably when I really started to realize that. Did, um, how do you handle, like, when people, like, come up to you and, uh, or they compliment your work and stuff like that, how how do you handle, um, how how do you handle that? Are you just, like, kind of, like, oh, okay, thanks, like, or, like, do you get weird about it, or? Yeah, I probably get weird about it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm. I don't. I try to like maintain a life of like normacy or normal. Normal. Mm-hmm. In my mind, I don't like to gloat. I don't like to. Yeah. Act like I'm. I'm more important than anyone else. Um, at the same time, like, I, obviously, I know that the more. I uh, I promote myself that it's probably gonna do more or better things for me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I understand marketing, and I, yes. I realize that's that's the reality. But at the same time, I'm a person, and I don't want to necessarily always commit to be having an expectation of excellence. 
no no i know exactly yes i know exactly what you mean um one thing that's going to sound super weird is that when you know i first connected with you and i was looking at your instagram i saw that um you've done some work with uh joey badass and a couple other people i was oddly surprised that you didn't have like a stupid amount of followers is you said that you like to you know keep a little bit normalcy and you know are you like is that is that deliberate or because you said you understand marketing and stuff and like promoting Mm -hmm. yourself and stuff is that deliberate or is that just I don't know how to ask what I'm asking but it's more so of like what I'm saying is like people sense on my end yes 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 that's what I'm that's what I'm getting at so like what is the uh what is is there a purpose behind that or just it is what it is I, I don't know if I would say there's a purpose, but, um, you know, I think there's, I've done a lot of different things and a lot of, a lot of different work. And I've always kind of either decided that it wasn't good enough or it is good enough and I'll share it. And one of the few things that I felt like I was good enough to share a couple of the music videos I've done because I felt mm-hmm. like there was a real purpose behind it for like, mm-hmm. you know, working on a lot of things in television, a lot of things that are just were corporate um, to really just like get a group of people together, a small group of people together who are around my age and come up with an idea and execute it and all just be on the same page of this is good. This is something that's good. Like then I, that's why I have that stuff out there. Um, And why I haven't promoted myself more or pushed it more is, I don't know. I I think it's just kind of just cause I don't know. Just who you are. It's just who I am. Yeah. It's just who I am. Yeah, but no, I respect like, that. Yeah, it was just uh, it just caught me a little off guard because I know a million other people that were in your shoes would be blasting that shit on everything possible. Yeah, um, yeah. and I understand that because you know on, on a level I think it's cool. I've been listening to Joey's music since you know what, like I remember specifically in like 2016 when I first got to New York like listening to his mixtapes and like skating around New York and just being like whatever of it I didn't really think anything of it but like I just remember those moments and then like to get the opportunity to like make a music video for him was special to me Um, and like specifically with that music video I shot for him too it was it was during a really weird time in the world and he wanted to push, you know, a a specific piece of art into the world. And, you know, the, there was a part of me that was just like, this is something that's special. And this is something that I'm not going to do because I'm not going to try to make it something that is not trying to say. And I'm not going to make it so that it to you know that it it hits 60 million views like in a day like that's not that was never 
the intention. The intention was to make the his idea come to life, and mm-hmm. and to and to push that, and uh, being that we executed it like that was something that I was proud of, and regardless of the number of views that it was going to get, I, w- I I was proud of it before it came out. Mm-hmm. How did you um? How did you even? start working with him like what was like if you care to talk about that a little bit like how did you even get into like a the door of like okay i'm about to shoot content or even fucking create a music video for one of the i would say better rappers out there yeah um i met the director uh who directs uh his music videos he uh levi turner i met and we clicked we had similar energy um and just a similar passion for for making uh either like a music video but we we shared similar tastes and what he was good at was i wasn't good at and what i had he he had lack of experience in. so it was just something that like really just happened to work out um and he had been filming him since he was on tour like for the past like for year for uh he they did a a beast coast tour for joey's uh collective with him and the flatbush zombies and a couple other members of uh from people in brooklyn and when they tour he would just he was filming everything about them and he had the opportunity to film two of those music videos for beast coast that that are just you know excellent and so after he did those and i had seen them and we had connected it just like it made sense that the next joey music was just gonna be it was going to be done by us. And after that happened, did you have one of those moments of like, holy fuck, like all my hard work is paying off or were you just did that? Or was that more so of like a spark more inspiration to be like, okay, let's see how more, let's see how much farther we can keep pushing the envelope. Yeah. I mean, I definitely had a, a moment where I I was really kind of like, just proud of of what i had done um glad it got recognition and like one of the coolest things after doing that was like looking through comments about like people reacting to it and like seeing people get excited about it you can go online and you can see people reaction videos to that music video and like that's that's like and to watch them get hyped like off of a music video is awesome. And we also got like a phone call the one day and we were in California and it, we got a phone call from someone and um, like a close friend of ours. And he happened to be with someone who just like, they were talking about how, oh, I know the director who shot that music video. And the guy was just like, you don't understand like I'm he he was from like Connecticut or something I, I'm not sure but he's like I I 
I wake up every day and I start watching that music video to get me hyped and to get me into my day. And I like to hear that is just like, that's awesome. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, I bet you words can't even put, you can't even put it into words, like what you were feeling like when you did hear that. Like, like to your point about like you push a button and it goes out to millions of people. Yeah. It's wild. Um, so like kind of like wrapping wrapping it up here because we've been talking for almost about two hours which i greatly appreciate the time um i just have some like final questions for you per se um is what is the um just basically from your whole experience from the time you graduated high school to like where you are now what would you say um has been the best piece of advice that you've been given um that you always remember if there is something when you're hitting a rough patch with creativity or you're just going through a hard time. Hmm. I don't know. It's the first thing that comes to mind and this might be kind of cheesy, but there's the movie, um, the pursuit of happiness. And <laughs> there's a scene where Will Smith looks at Jaden Smith and they're, by the basketball court and he says don't let anybody ever tell you you can't do something and even if it's me and I love that movie <laughs> and mm-hmm. when you ask that question that's what comes to my mind is you know I, I can't think of a, a specific who's who said something to me that you know resonates because I have a lot of conversations with with people that, and that is really, those general conversations are usually every, like every day that really turn the page and motivate you for the next. Mm -hmm. The, the, I, my, one of my favorite lines from that movie is when uh, he's in the, he's in the boardroom. And they're just like, what would you say if someone came walking in here without a suit on, um, a shirt and tie or something like that? And yeah. he's like, he's like, they better have really nice pants on. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know why I thought that was so funny, but um, so and then it's a good movie, it's a good movie. Oh, it's very it's underrated, extremely underrated. I think I have a theory. Like I feel like people love that type of shit. Um, I th- I feel like people love that shit, but they don't like to admit it. Like they they love <laughs> those type of movies, but they don't want to come off as like in a way or something. I don't know. Um, and what is um what is something you don't have to give in the specifics? And then after this, I have one more question for you. Um, what is something that you are trying to manifest for yourself? Whether brain like some i some idea or some vision that you have you're trying to bring to light and you currently at the moment have no idea how it's going to happen, but you have a strong feeling it will. Hmm. I, I have a strong feeling that the Buffalo Bills will win the Super Bowl. Say less. <laughs> Say less. Let's go. I'll take that. That's good enough for me. Um, and then the final question I have for you here, wrapping it up is, um, uh, if you could meet 18-year-old Colin today, yeah. what what would you tell him about, one, the ups and downs in life, and then, two, a piece of advice 
to give yourself moving forward in life to always carry with you? Well, if I, if I were to like straight up meet my 18 year old self, I'd probably, I'd probably just be like, man, you're going to have a good time. Like the, every time that it, it seems like nothing, like it ain't worth it or something, or, or you're, you're, you're pushing the wrong button. Like, it, you know, it, it's going to work out. Keep trying, keep trying, keep thriving. And what was the, the, other half of the question the other half is what would you uh what piece of advice would you give you well not not what piece of advice but what would you tell uh tell yourself to carry with you moving forward in life i think if if i was eight if i could tell like my 18 year old self like something that i've learned recently it'd be be open to hearing opinions about life outside of what you know. Um, Living in Brooklyn and the chance to meet a lot of people from a lot of diverse backgrounds and to hear their own stories and also just be able to hear like what motivates them and the way they speak and uh, the way that they'll carry themselves and like what excites them, you know, it really just resonates with, with me that um, you have to be open to, to enjoying more than what you think you would, you know, you enjoy on a base level. Um, don't just be so grounded your own ideas of like this is what I enjoy period the end when you start to open your mind a little bit to what other people like to do and like what the ways they like to have fun and uh, create energy and and a flow of doing things be open-minded to trying it experiencing it be open-minded to learning about it because there's there's way more to the world than what you learn inside of your own little bubble and neighborhood and and your own little community there's way more to life and it's not the way everyone does things Mm -hmm. and then i don't know if that what you just said would be the answer to the last thing I just thought of as you were saying that, but what is the number one thing that New York city as a whole has taught you about you, about yourself has taught you about yourself. There you go. (laughs) Um, That's taught me about myself that, you know, I'm, I'm as fragile as anyone. I would, uh, to be honest, that uh, I can be as motivated and hardworking as anyone, but I can we can all be broken and uh, easily. And if we were to to pick each other up when when we're down. Um, New York City is relentless. 
absolutely relentless if it on on so many different levels financially on on a work level on how much can you can you actually handle not just like on your body but uh, in your mind as well um yeah new york is a is a, a ton shark tank of a place <laughs> it's a lot but we love it of course it makes you better so well hey man i uh i appreciate you taking out the time to do this i got more time than i was expecting so greatly appreciate that and uh it's dope that we finally got the link it's been a long yeah. time coming I, that this was cool that we got to do this i'm, I'm yes. excited and I, I hope hopefully some get something out of this that's that's yeah yeah this Absolutely. is definitely out of the realm of who you know what I especially you know put out there online. I definitely may not seem like I'm the type of person that would do something like this, but I know this is beneficial to a lot of people, so I'm happy to do it. Absolutely, and I again I greatly appreciate that because I I almost didn't even hit you up because I was like I like I had your I had your Instagram message open. And I'm sitting there and I had it all typed out and I was just like, nah. And then I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't even care if he responds, he responds. If he doesn't, he doesn't. If he says no, he says no, but it's worth a shot. And then when you hit me back and we're like, let's do it. I was like, I literally was funny story, but not to be corny, but I was literally in Columbus, Ohio, visiting my grandparents and I was uh, laying on the air mattress about to fall asleep. And I saw my phone go off and I looked. And it said that you messaged me and I looked and you just said, let's do it. And I literally jumped up and I was like, let's fucking go. I was like, this is sick. <laughs> <laughs> like, not to, I'm not even lying. My mom's just like, my mom's sitting there on the couch. She's like, what, what, what happened? I'm like, nothing, nothing. <laughs> and then I, uh, I was just like, let's go. I was like, cause I knew, like, I knew, you know, just kind of like, you look, like I said, again, looking at your Instagram, knowing what you do, I knew that, um, it would be very beneficial for anyone that's listening that they would definitely get something out of it. So I was more hyped up for, you know, the people that are listening to this than um, myself actually having that conversation with you. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So not to like, again, not to be all corny and shit like that, but I was like half asleep. I saw my phone go off and you just, you didn't even respond to anything. You just said, Hey John, let's do it. And I'm like, let's go. (laughs) So yeah. Definitely have to, before we end, I have to tell you that. So, yeah. So, uh, again, you know, I've already said it a hundred times, but uh, thank you for doing this. And uh, definitely would love to, if you're open to doing it again in the future, we could uh, definitely love to have you back. Awesome, man. That's great. Peace and love. Of course. Always. All love always, my guy. So, uh, enjoy your night and uh, we'll talk soon. Hey, thanks.